Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, November 5th, 2019, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Well, Mercury went retrograde on Halloween, and you can read about that online on websites like ours and many others. And also want to let you know that we will be in Arkansas for our Starseed Quest uh, for the next two Tuesdays. So our next show after tonight will be on November 25th. Our guest tonight is Archana Shyam, whose spiritual vision is to help people feel safe and secure in their body, in their home, and on the planet. She supports people who are feeling stuck, whether it's due to a major life event or their life simply lacks meaning and they do not have the courage to take action to make it move forward. She helps them connect and communicate with confidence and clarity so that they can manifest success in every area of their life from the boardroom to the bedroom. As an intuitive catalyst, certified medical intuitive, master sacred space creator, Yusui Reiki master, shaman, fire alchemist, crystal keeper, master energy transmitter, and evangelist for organic living, her healing approach is unique and personalized for each client. Archana was born with the innate gift of intuition, which she has progressively refined over many years of studying, professional training, and experimentation. In Archana's own words, I absolutely love what I do. Guiding and witnessing others' transformation is gratifying and deeply humbling at the same time. And you can visit her website, which is archanashyam.com, and Archana is spelled A-R-C-H-A-N-A-A and S-H-Y-A-M, Shyam, archanashyam.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds not heard in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy, Jada, and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for Archana. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, all you have to do is just click follow on our page here, and you'll get our weekly show notices if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power, you can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. That only takes a few days, but if you want the Stage 2 interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it at least six months ahead of your birthday to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful, fascinating Starseed News. 
Uh, good evening, Ariel. Hello, everybody. Great to be <laughs> with there. you. Thank you for the applause. <laughs> it's nice to start off that way, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I smile every time. It's great. I love it. Well, we had a Halloween surprise last week. Do you know we had an asteroid narrowly miss the Earth on Thursday? And, uh, well, they just discovered it as it flew by. And it was a near-Earth asteroid. It was identified as COPPEV-1, spotted for the very first time in the early morning hours Thursday by the Catalina Sky Survey, which is based in Arizona. And then it was found later by Mexico, uh, Madalena, Magdalena Ridge Observatory, and so on. Anyway, according to, data, according to data from these early observations, the asteroid came closer to the surface of our planet than any other close approach in NASA's database of known near-Earth objects. Simulations show the asteroid passing above southern Africa within 3,852 miles at the moment of closest approach. Now, to get an idea of how close this is, Consider that many telecommunications satellites orbit at an altitude of 22,236 miles. This was really a shave. And yet, wow. another asteroid just skimmed past Earth on Sunday. We had one Thursday, then Sunday, and the one on Sunday, well, it skimmed by just one day after it was discovered. Uh, planet Earth was buzzed by a small asteroid that ventured incredibly close to the planet's surface, according to scientists at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. It was uh, traveling at speeds of over 19,000 miles per hour, and the space rock passed within 65,000 miles of Earth. Now, to put that into perspective, the moon sits at an average distance of 238,900 miles from Earth. And this means that during Sunday's very close shave, the tiny rock flew by at just uh, 0.28 times the distance to the moon, about a little over a quarter of the distance. And uh, while Earth has seen quite an impressive number of close asteroid approaches over the past few months, very few rocks have wandered this close to the planet's surface except the one that happened on Thursday, 3,852 miles. And then there was another one. That's right, just another one. We've had another one. A 65-foot asteroid named 2019 VD uh, whizzed past the Earth yesterday at 26,800 miles per hour, another close uh, flyby at an altitude of just 107,000 miles. NASA first spotted the asteroid about a week ago. The space rock was roughly the same size as the infamous uh, Chelyabinsk meteor, which exploded in the skies above Russia. That caused widespread damage to over 7,000 buildings and injured over 1,000 people. 2019 VD had its closest point to Earth at a distance of 158,000 miles, about half the distance to the moon. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, or excuse me, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Boom, boom, boom. Three close flybys. This has been happening a lot. And you know, they're not catching them early. The, the first two I just mentioned, uh, one wasn't discovered till it was passed, and the other one was just discovered shortly before, so or thereabouts. Anyway, they're not tracking them all that well, and they're just we're in a meteor rain right now. That's what I'm. That's what it looks like an asteroid shower. Well, we've had a lot of earthquakes. Uh, there's been a shallow 6.6 uh, .6 quake that struck Tonga. Uh, it happened this morning, Tuesday. Uh, there was no tsunami threat from that, although 6.6 .6 is a pretty good-sized quake. And uh, 
One hit the uh, South San- Sandwich Islands region. It was 6.1. It happened on Saturday. And Chile was rocked by a 6.0 magnitude quake in central Chile. That happened yesterday. No damages preliminary, anyway, of reports of injury or damage. The Philippines had a uh, 6.5 quake that happened on uh, Thursday. And, uh, you know, they are still recovering from two strong tremors earlier uh, in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, They had a 6.3 on October 16th and a 6.6 on October 29th and uh, a 6.5 on the 31st. And during the last seven days, there's been an earthquake swarm directly along the New Madrid fault zone. Kansas and Oklahoma have been hit by an unusual number of significant quakes, and there have been several sizable seismic events in the vicinity of the Yellowstone supervolcano. Also, according to Caltech, there have been more than 1,000 earthquakes in California and Nevada over the last week, but of course, most of them have been pretty small. Now, overall, the latest USGS numbers tell us that there have been more than 2,000 earthquakes nationally during the last seven days, but um, (laughs) is it possible that all of the seismic activity over large faults across the United States could signal greater earth changes happening under our feet? Well, for example, this weekend there were uncommon quakes in the middle of the country. On Sunday they had a 3.2 in Kansas. About 175 people reported that tremor. On Sunday, there was a series of moderate earthquakes that happened across Oklahoma, not so unusual anymore because of fracking. They had a 2.7, a 3.0, 2.6. Again, boom, boom, boom. Overall, there have been 143 earthquakes in Oklahoma in the last month. An increasing level of seismic activity in that part of the nation has raised questions about the safety of fracking again, along with questions about natural causes as well. Another area being closely watched for earthquakes is, of course, the West Coast. The two major quakes that hit California in July, the 6.4 and 7.1, were followed by more than 100,000 aftershocks. Scientists are warning that this may have increased stress on parts of a major dormant fault line. Meanwhile, five large earthquakes were detected off the Oregon coast late last month. Lots of rocking and a rolling going on under the ground. And up above the ground, we've had volcanoes. Uh, the island in Kagoshima Prefecture in Japan uh, has had a volcanic eruption. Occurred on Saturday. There were two eruptions at the Sakurajima volcano in Japan. So there's a couple going on in Japan right now. Several eruptions, two different volcanoes. And there's been an incredible amount of early snow, autumn snow, all across the world, and a lot of rainfall. And on the extreme side of that, there has been severe drought, such as eastern China. There is a severe drought in in eastern China. It's caused crops to be damaged and drinking water supplies to be uh, annihilated in some of the hardest-hit regions. Um, From August 12th to October 28th, A province in China that's involved in this received an average rainfall that is 60% less than the amount in normal years. A total of 45 cities have been ravaged, with regions in three cities along the Yangtze River suffering from the worst drought in 50 years. The drought has affected over a million people, damaged 400,000 hectares of crops, inflicted an economic loss of 1.6 billion yen. 
and in South Africa. A hydrology expert says his research suggests that South Africa is experiencing its worst drought in a thousand years. Many small towns have already run out of water. The scientists said that drought was a result of a natural drying cycle and that no one was to blame, meaning it was not anthropomorphically caused. You know, I talked last week about the power outages in California, but guess what? It's not just California. Actually, there are other areas of the world that are experiencing power outages due to climate change or severe weather, shall we say, would be a more appropriate term, severe weather. Uh, Today, this article was out. Uh, It says that tens of thousands still are without power in Quebec, Canada, after they had devastating windstorms that battered much of their power grid network, left a million customers without electricity. Now, as of today, uh, about 94% of the uh, people had had their power restored, but 50 schools are remained closed because of the outages that went on for several days. People in Canada didn't have power because of wind. And we have another bird that turned up in the wrong place. Yet again, a a yellow-browed warbler from Asia was found in Marchleysville, California. First time ever recorded for the lower 48 states. Now, the warbler is not native to the eastern Sierra Mountains, and last week's sighting was the first confirmed in the lower 48 states, as I've already said. This is according to an expert at the Tahoe Institute of Natural Sciences at Incline Village. Cute little place up there. Anyway, he said the yellow-brown warblers are migrants in Asia that occasionally overshoot in the spring and wind up in Alaska. Now, wait a minute. This is not spring. Well, there have been sightings in Iceland and one very recently in British Columbia. The poor little birdies don't know where they're going anymore. I have to ask, is this because of magnetic changes? What's going on with this? Not only is he out of place, but he's out of time. He's not migrating in the right season. A lot of people showed up to watch this bird, take photographs of him and such. That always happens. Bird watchers gather around these events. Uh, Sometimes they come from faraway places to try to catch a sighting of a bird that is completely out of its part of the world. Well, the Gulf Stream, they have some uh, news to report about that. Uh, They say that a region of the North Atlantic south of Greenland has experienced some of its coldest temperatures on record in recent years. They tell us that this is a cooling unprecedented in the past thousand years. Now, a climatologist from Penn State University says that this phenomenon may be an indication that the North Atlantic current, part of a larger global ocean circulation, is slowing down. Hmm. What does that mean? Well, phys.org reports that a scientist at the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research in Germany found the North Atlantic current to be 15% weaker. And he says when the circulation slows down, there's less heat transport to the region. And another study published last year in the journal Nature found the system to have reached its weakest point in 1,600 years. Now, these studies about recent conditions of the major ocean current 
lead to some people lead some people to wonder if the Gulf Stream could collapse. And they're asking, is this what happens before a new ice age? And will this precipitate a new ice age on the planet? And there are other studies regarding ocean currents and such that are underway or have recently been done. And, uh, wow, ocean currents are changing, and that is a concern to people in the know. Well, here's a wonderful story. You all know I love bees and I've been worried about the bees. And this is a great story. This is about a barehanded bee whisperer who is actually saving the honeybees. I'll call him Michael T. And he is rewilding honeybees in California, returning them to a more natural nest environment so that he can help them survive. Now, in the beginning of 2002, Michael T. had a dream. At the time, he was studying to become a monk at the San Francisco Zen Center when he had what he calls an incredibly vivid dream about bees. Quote, I saw a swarm appear suddenly in the wild, he tells a journalist. And then more vivid dreams of bees happen later. And by the spring, he decided to borrow some apian accoutrements from a local beekeeper. Well, the very next day, he was just working in his garden, and a swarm of bees found him. He said, I was just pulling some weeds when I see this swarm of bees covering my gloves and his garden gear. They just descended upon him. It's as if they knew something. Well, this psychic, spiritual, metaphysical connection led him on, and he began to dedicate more of his time to bees. And he became increasingly disenchanted with your average beekeeping techniques. He decided to give up the traditional beekeeping boxes. He refused to use chemicals, smoke, or even protective clothing when interacting with bees. And he began to scoop them up barehanded. There's photographs of this on the Internet, and it's really touching. You can just feel the consciousness of the bees and the man interacting. Well, anyway, fast forward to 2006, and he realized that his mission to rewild the beleaguered bees uh, was his mission. And he recognized that they are increasingly suffering from this devastating decline. So he started to work with a team of biologists and uh, botanists and so on, and they discovered how to coax the bees out of their man-made hives and to entice them back into more natural environments. And what they do to do that is they've created log hives, beehives or nests or empty hives, that, uh, empty logs that they've hollowed out so that they could become hives. They elevate those logs off the ground. And they say they do this because that's how the nests the nest for bees in the wild are. Bees in the wild live in uh, hollow logs, and they've done this for millions of years before we tamed them. Well, bees and other pollinators, all pollinators, are crucial to human life as we know it, and beekeepers in the United States have lost now at least 40% of their colonies, maybe more, depending on what statistics you cite. Well, this man uh, estimates that through this process of drawing the bees into nature, providing these hollowed-out logs for them, that he has midwifed billions of bees by, by building these traditional nests. 
they're now procreating better than ever. They're healthy. They're prospering. He says that domesticated bees are more vulnerable because they are raised using smoke and chemicals and fed sugar water, which he says is bad for their health. In 2017, this man founded something called Apis Arborea, and this is a resource for all things connected to bees and to share knowledge about the essential roles of bees and their rewilding. And this man doesn't farm the honey the bees produce unless the colony leaves the hive or dies. He lets them keep their food. I, I just find that so incredibly inspiring and so beautiful, all brought about by a vivid dream and a visit by the bees shortly thereafter, that beautiful metaphysical inspired connection leading him onward. And honoring the bees in this way and returning them to nature and not farming them as we do in our society and the bees prosper, given back their lives and their natural habitat, setting them free, letting them have all of their own food, and um, connecting with them. What a beautiful thing. And, of course, who would ever think? Average people in the U.S., uh, you know, most people just think, well, sugar water's fine for them. They like sweets, and you need smoke to calm them down and keep them quiet and chemicals to keep them well, and, you know, we do everything artificial. And here's a man who said, nope, they don't need that, and they don't need that, and they don't need that. They need nature, and they need this, and they need to be left alone. And they're doing very well. I think that's a beautiful story. Which goes to show, according to Buddha, that thousands of candles can be lighted from a single candle. And the life of that candle will not be shortened. The light within you, as well, never decreases by being shared. That's a wonderful thought. It's so true, isn't it, Ariel? Yes. Yeah. From my heart to each one of you, everyone, have a beautiful week. And we'll talk again next time. Um, you have a great yeah, night, it'll be, Ariel. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be November 25th. Yeah. 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 So I just want to make sure, make sure uh, you I don't show I up alone. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for saying that. But I did know that. I've been watching. Okay. <laughs> Paying attention right. this time. All right. Love okay. to you all. Have a great night. Thanks so much, Anastasia, for the Starseed News. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Well, I am going to get um, Lavendar's mic open and our guest, Archana. Get these mics open. And Lavendar, are you ready to go? I'm here. Okay. Take it away. Archana, are you there? Yes, Lavendar, I'm here. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to to have you as a guest tonight. So what is the subject matter that we're talking about tonight? Confidence, I think? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So what does the safety have to do with confidence? Let's just start there. Sure. So as I've been going through my own journey and as I have guided several of my clients through this same journey as well, what I have come to see is that When people feel safe in their body, when they feel safe in their home, and when they feel safe on the planet, what happens is they start trusting themselves so much more, whether it's their intuition, their guidance, or even whatever it is that, you know, some people call it the gut, the instinct, however we look at it, they start trusting that so much more. And when we start trusting ourselves to know that, oh, 
I'm going to be okay and I'm going to be able to handle the situation all right because I know that I can maneuver or I, I will get some download or some intuition in the moment that will give me the idea that I need, whether it's at work, whether it's at home or wherever it is. So when people start to trust themselves, then they do so much better. And that kind of confidence really comes from the inside. So what I found is when people feel safe and they claim their power or their confidence from that place of safety, then they become unstoppable. Then there's that confidence that radiates truly from the inside and it's not something um, you put on on the outside. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So do you find that that people maybe living in, in, in slum conditions or where there's a lot of riffraff or people getting killed, does that is, is that part of what you're talking about is living in, in communities that support one another? Is that where you're going with safety has to do with confidence? Oh, yes, it includes everything because, as you said, how we feel inside and how we feel in our environment and in our community all influences how we feel about our existence, basically. So if someone is in an environment that is constantly threatened, there's going to be so much of stress. There's going to be so much of fear. So fear keeps people stuck almost all the time. And when there is huge amounts of stress, then it's very, very difficult for people to have that confidence or um, I'm not even talking about, you know, huge confidence, but even any confidence for that matter does not really come by just because they just don't know what the next moment is going to be like, or are they even going to survive? Are they going to make it? Or else, let's say if they have health issues that have also come about because of these stressful situations, they don't know if they can make it through the day. Can they plan for the week? Can they plan for the month? So everything becomes very, very shaky because of all the uncertainty that's going on around. So a combination of how they feel inside, their environment, their community, all of it definitely contributes to how safe they feel. And that in turn will dictate their state of health, their state of mind, and of course, confidence. Because what I'm seeing is when you have the confidence, it's so much easier to communicate and connect with those around you. It's so much easier to convey that clarity and even receive clarity both ways. And then when all of these things start to come together, success is a, a lot easier. But when there is a constant threat to the very basic existence, then everything else becomes very, very shaky. You know, when I, when I first uh, met you several years ago, um, <laughs> and I noticed that, I mean, through the years, I've, I've, I've watched you step into your power and get more confidence in what you're doing. When I when I, when I first met you, I had no idea that you actually would have this business that you have now, and we and you were coming on the radio show. I'm like, wow, come so far since I've known you. Yeah. So it shows your thank you. You have stepped into your confidence, is what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And the the quest has definitely been a huge contributor because um, of multiple reasons. One of them has been that, you know, I typically show up with no agenda. So I'm like totally open to whatever shows up. And that has helped me just be in a different place. And with you, um, Ariel and Tammy providing that, you know, container where it's so safe to step in and step up, 
uh, that's a huge part of claiming our power. So it's just been like all these different pieces that have been coming together. Um, and, and as you have said um, just a few seconds ago, when I look back on my journey of the last 10 years and especially the last five years, it has been a journey of me stepping up and um, stepping out. So which is why this is now um, such a dear um, cause for me because I have seen that, okay, I can work with people's health. I can work with people's home. Everything is good. But where I have created the maximum impact or at least when I look back now, the last year or so, most number of people have come to me for confidence and clarity. And I never even realized that up until like a couple of months ago, then I went, oh, this is where I'm actually creating impact. Why not do more of this? So that is when I've just about started to uh, make this my main thing. And um, I'm just so grateful for um, all the people that have shown up and um, especially even with the quest being a big one. I, I, I can't say enough about the quest and I'm so happy to be there again next week. So can't yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have quite a group coming in and there's a, of course you have been there so many times. You're going to know a lot of people that are going to be there, yes. which is it's good to see our star family come together. So I wanted to Absolutely. ask you about uh, your work and how you have a way of clearing land and clearing space. Why don't you give us a little example of how that works and, and maybe um, something that you've actually accomplished with clearing land or space for someone? Sure, absolutely. In fact, um, clearing the land and the home um, is definitely part of the work that I do for the environment because the health, environment, and mindset are the three pillars that drive the work that I do. And environment is very, very key because a lot of times the energy in the land and the home keep people stuck for much, much longer um, than they would like to. And they are so much more triggered by stress and um, the other emotional baggages that have been left behind on the land. And as we know, the trauma in the land is so much older than probably even human civilization can go back to, but the land stores so much in its um, energy or in its memory. And then when we build all these homes and buildings on top of that, there's really no energetic connection that's going on between the building and the land. And because of that, the people don't feel safe, right? So among the many pieces that I have um, worked on, one of them, actually there are quite a few that stand out, but one of them that I would love to share about is um, this lady came to me. Um, I don't even know how she found me on the Internet, and she reached out uh, through my uh, contact form, and she's somewhere in Europe. I don't want to get into any details for confidentiality purposes. So re she reached out to me from Europe, and she just said that all kinds of Strange things are going on in her apartment complex. Sometimes money goes missing or things get moved around and all kinds of stuff. She's an older lady that was living by herself and she was really um, not sure what she wanted to do or what she could do in the first place. And so that's how she reached out. So when I spoke to her, I almost always will do a discovery session with all my people before we start working just so I understand what is it that they're looking for and how can I really support them. So when I had this call with her, she explained more and more of all the complications she had had with her health 
and how she was just not able to even move out of the home because something in the energy was keeping her stuck. And um, she had also had, like I said, some health challenges. And um, she had said that even money that she would store in some places would move around, which um, you don't hear very often out there. But those were some of the things that she was sharing. So as I tuned in, And as I connected with the land, of course, this is an apartment complex. So it's a huge building. And uh, there's also a huge piece of land. So typically for these bigger buildings, I work with the entire building and the entire land just because the energy impact um, overall is the key. So I looked at the whole piece and I found that there was um, a lot of emotional baggage that was stored in the place and the land had experienced a series of natural disasters earlier. So all that trauma was there. Plus there were uh, a lot of attachments to the property. And um, I'll just put the other things in the non-beneficial energies bucket. There were a lot of non-beneficial energies in the space that were interfering uh, with how she was doing and what was going on with her and things like that. So we worked through that whole thing and, um, this is one of those um, occasions where uh, when I tuned in with the land and I checked in with the land and I said, okay, what do you want me to do here? And um, how do you want me to go about on working with this uh, land here? I always connect with the land and the land said, just do it right now and just get started and don't take any money from this lady. I'm like, okay, that's, that, that's fine. <laughs> Not, I, I get that a few times here and there. So I was like, okay, let's get started. Let's do the work. And I started the work, I started the clearing, and she could start, um, she shared that she was starting to feel lighter and something was clearing that she couldn't put a finger on. And she said, okay, let me get back to you in a couple of weeks. So she messaged me um, <laughs> a couple of weeks later, and she said that things were no longer like getting misplaced or moving around. And she had found a better apartment in the same building to move to. And she was feeling so much better and lighter. It was all of a sudden like she had been released from something, you know. So this is one of those experiences that always stand out because this is one person, I don't even know how she found me. But (laughs) we did the work over the phone and um, she shared some updates with me, which is um, I'm just so grateful that I'm able to facilitate these kind of changes for people. So did her health get better too? Yes. She moved to another apartment and she said her emotions were so much better and things stopped moving around and uh, she got a better rate and a better apartment and she was so happy with the move. So she, I mean, literally we we were exchanging messages through my contact system. So it's a lot of um, fun to keep track of. And uh, I think she is doing pretty good right now. I haven't heard from her in a while. (laughs) So, so let me ask you, um, how about um, the Native American burial grounds? Have you done any work where they had buildings over burial grounds and things go bump in the night and that kind of stuff? Have you had any experience with that? I, well, I'm not exactly looked to see if they have been burial grounds or not, but I've all uh, but several times I have worked on land where there has been. Uh, Native American kind of war and bloodshed and aggression and things like that. And we have definitely worked through that a lot, Uh, especially, I mean, one of the homes that I did in um, 
Arizona, um, this was a home that had been abandoned almost like or left vacant for several years. And then when the people that I worked with, they bought the place and moved in, um, the first thing they could tell was their three cats, which were adorable back in California, had suddenly gone wild when they moved in there. And they were like scratching the walls and doing all kinds of stuff and not letting them sleep. And it was just a, a nightmare when they moved into that place. And there were like scorpions walking around on the floor and all kinds of stuff was going on. And uh, she was referred to me by one of my um, clients. And uh, when I started looking at the place, there were two things that really stood out as far as the land is concerned. One is, um, the part regarding the Native American, there was a lot of warfare. And so there was a lot of bloodshed and anger and murder and things like that. So that was the heavy energy over there. And the second thing that also came about was there was a lot of mining that had happened in that same uh, area. So there were like a lot of trauma in the land that had never been cleared. So literally two days after I started doing the work over there, um, my client texted me and said, looks like we may be able to sleep tonight. And I said, oh, what happened? Oh, the cats are almost back to normal, which means we can sleep. <laughs> so that was one of the first um, indications that things had started to clear. And then um, the other thing that also happened was the scorpions that were like frequenting their home also reduced like it was like starting to come down they didn't have to have as many you know they literally had to like pick them out and throw them out that was what was going on um they would just come into the house so all those started to come down and i checked in with them um a few times later so i actually even helped them redo that place i love the interiors and colors and all that stuff so i also helped them pick themes for different parts of the house and really helped them pick the power place uh, in the house. And what was interesting with that house is um, the power place of the house or the, the most powerful part of that house also had a lot of trauma in that was kind of trapped in it. And the way that house was built was it was almost like a, a chamber that only had like one window on top. So I could sense that there was something that was there that was like trapped in that area as well, because earlier they would not even go into that room. And when I said, oh, that is the power place, they were like, no, 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 I'm not even going there. But after we did the clearing and we, um, we I, I gave her the right directions and everything to work in. So she's made that her home office. And one of the times when I spoke to her, her mom was actually sitting by that window and she was like, oh, she loves this place now. She won't even get out of there. So now I have to find another place to work out of. So it was like all these different shifts um, that have happened and um, I did not go into finding out what else had happened over there because there were already so many layers coming in but all of those have been cleared and um, I think I checked in with her a few months ago and they are doing really well um, and she's having a thriving um, she does uh, coaching for speakers so she's started doing workshops and other events at her home and things like that they have a beautiful place now so um, so do you work also with real estate agents? You know, sometimes houses sit for a long time and nobody, you know, makes a bid on them. Or they, you know, they just sit there for sale for a long time. So do you work with um, 
the real estate agents and show them that your your talents about how you can clear a house so it can sell faster? Is that something that's happening for you? Well, that is something I'm actively exploring right now. I'm actually starting to connect with some real estate folks um, literally the last few weeks. And I've also done it directly with individuals in the past where uh, they've not been able to sell their home or for some reason it's not going on the market or it's not selling. So I've helped individuals uh, sell their place and move on to other places or uh, sometimes even just buy a, before they buy their place, help them clear it. So they're stepping into um, the homes with fresh energy. So I've done both. And um, especially some of those that are new homes, people think, oh, you know, this is a new home. There should be nothing going on over here. It should all be nice and clear. But again, what people don't realize is the land holds so much more energy than we know. So just because the house is new doesn't mean there's, it's all clear. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's where you come in and start educating people about energy. Right, I mean, Exactly. Yeah, that's part of your job to do that. So, um, <laughs> yep. yeah. <laughs> so, where do you live? What town do you live in? I am in Dublin, California. Now, are you close to those fires? Um, not super close, but yes, uh, pretty close. As in, we've had power shutdowns. Um, we've had fire come almost to our neighborhood a couple of years ago, and uh, the smoke does impact the air quality where we live. So there are times when we've had to just close all the windows and literally stay indoors. So we've been impacted in those kind of ways. So what do you think, Archana, about how fire can sweep through a, a, a town like that paradise um, place in California where just leveled everybody's house? What what kind of um, rescue energy needs to happen at a place like that? Or does the fire itself cleanse the area yeah. and just let life start anew? How do you feel about that? So it's a combination of all the things that you said, but basically what comes up for me big time when I watch um, any of these big disasters, right, whether it's fire or with air or whatever water i just feel like the elements are so out of balance we need to bring back the harmony and um basically synchronize these different elements so they can bring back the paradise here which happens when all the elements are in sync so yeah the fire clears out and um, in fact the two years ago when we had the fire come pretty close to our neighborhood, I could see it from my window and it was scary. And though they did extinguish the fire and um, the neighborhood was definitely saved, I'm grateful, but I could see that black scar on the mountain for so long till the rains came in and took over and brought back life. So it was Definitely feeling that lack of balance with the elements in terms of, oh, it is really hot and dry. It needs moisture. It needs the nourishing energies of water, which we are missing. So right. it's always like, I, I feel like it's more of an imbalance, almost like a severe imbalance. Yeah. Now, we got off the subject of confidence, and I want to come back to it now. <laughs> because 
I just wanted to hear you tell us more about how you clear land because I know you do an excellent job with that. So anyone listening to Archana at this time, if you have a house that's hard to sell or if you have land that you think has got cooties on it, you need to call her. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So uh, let's talk about confidence and owning your power. Now, do you have specialized programs that you put together for people? Can you tell us what you've got going on with that? Sure, absolutely. Um, So I've been doing a lot of one-on-one work with people over the last uh, few years, specifically in this particular area. And I have focused a lot on um, the health, the environment, and the mindset. Because when you combine the three together and really clean up, um, then the confidence that you're building is unshakable from within. The reason I say that is, let's say somebody is having health issues like maybe a backache or a headache or whatever, it's not going to let you be at peace. And there's no way that the confidence is going to show through beyond a point. Yeah, you can take some medication, temporarily suppress it, but it's not going to let you be in that state with ease and consistently. Same thing with the environment, same thing with mindset, because if we are stressed and we are fearful, then it's so hard to just get over it. Like, I mean, there's only so much people can pretend to be confident and work and then have a whole different persona at home. So I've seen this happen a lot. So I've done a lot of one-on-one work um, the last few years. And what I'm starting to see now is um, there's a lot of best practices and the best of my tools that I've gathered over these years that I can put it in a group format and also help people jumpstart it. Like, let's say, Um, I do have um, an eight-week program where I can help people jumpstart. I mean, or you could call it up-level. I'm still tinkering around with the names here, but it's basically the best of my tools. And even out of the eight tools, because there's one coming every week, if people were to pick and work on at least two or three of them on a consistent basis, they will be at a whole new level by the time they're done. Now, it's important that they actually use the tools because that's what they're there for. So, yes, definitely um, I have I do one-on-one work and I work in group format as well. So both ways I'm able to support people depending on what is it that they're looking for, how deep do they want it to go, how quickly do they want to achieve results, and how far basically do they want to go. Is it something that they're just, okay, just, you know, I'm having a speaking engagement, so just help me get build up this confidence for speaking, or um, I'm just not doing so well at work, and, you know, my lack of confidence shows I'm not getting clients, whether it's that, or, hey, um, I want to experience confidence everywhere, so let's go deep, let's clean up, let's do whatever it takes. So I've worked with all different kinds of levels here, and um, I totally enjoy working both one-on-one and in group settings as well. And uh, even the healing sessions that I do, I can do both one-on-one and in group settings. So I'm comfortable um, with both formats. And if people are interested to know more or would like to know more, you know, they can definitely reach out to me and connect with me through my website, and I'm happy to share more details. So... um we're going to be seeing you just in a few days, and yep. uh, I'm really excited that you're coming to to the land here because the land has great frequencies and energies. Can you tell us a little bit how you feel about the land when you come to Arkansas? Does it speak to you? Is there a special place that you like to go when you come here? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, this is, when I come to Arkansas, and especially the place where we do the quest, that for me is my version of um, heaven on earth, and that's how I've always felt ever since I first came. Um, I couldn't put a finger on it the first few times, but the energies um, are, are, are very, very different. And let me see how best I can um, <laughs> explain here. So for me, it's almost like um, a pilgrimage that I really look forward to twice a year that I'm like, okay, no matter what else is showing up, you know, everything else can wait. I just got to go here and um you know, just be with the land, spend some time over there, and then come back. So this time I'm actually coming a day earlier, leaving a day later. I really wanted to soak in everything. Otherwise, I'm either only coming earlier or going later. But this is the first time I'm actually coming earlier and leaving later because every day that I'm there, it's like it's not just a refueling that's happening to my tank, but it's just recalibrating and up-leveling my energies at a whole new level. So it's almost like um, I'm buzzing at a different frequency um, when I come back. And it's like, oh, no, I'm back to reality, right? So um, one of the things that um, – another piece of the land there that I, I enjoy a lot just because of how I feel with the elements is when I'm by the lake, um, I do spend some time by the lake – uh, whenever I get a chance, I feel all the elements are beautifully balanced and present in that particular space. So whether, I mean, I get a similar feeling when I go to the beach, but it's a whole different level when I come to um, the quest. And when I'm just walking by the lake or sometimes I just sit down, I just want to take in the lake just by sitting down and I can feel all the elements that are just like so present and so um so um what's the right word here so protective so uh supportive Serene. and so nourishing yeah what? and also so, archana you know the lake where you're talking about the bottom is covered covered yeah. with quartz crystal quartz crystal yeah. is the bottom of that lake and it's resonating all the time with water so yeah, it's exactly. really a very unique experience to sit by the lake uh, any time of the day or night, in fa- especially at night, I notice at night that after the sun has been beaming down all day on the crystals, they're still vibrating <laughs> in the lake. Yeah, absolutely. And that is why I, I love the cabins we have because you almost wake up to it and you open your eyes to that lake, right? It's like, wow, it's heaven. <laughs> yeah. And I've yeah. heard the, the the different stories of, the rainbow and all that and I can just feel it it's like the frequencies and the energies are just so present and you know sometimes I mean especially the first few times I was like oh how come I don't feel anything or how come yeah okay I mean I was a little bit lost but then I've just as I learned to just let it go and just be it has just been so different and um, every time it's different. It's a very different experience, but it's an up-leveling at many levels each time. I look at it as upgrades. It's upgrades, yep. whoever comes. If you've been there two or three times or five times or seven times, every time you come, it's an upgrade, no matter what level you're on. That's what I noticed. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at the time, so I'd like to uh, 
uh, to share you with Ariel now at this time. So it's been my pleasure talking with you, and I cannot wait to see and hug you, girl, when I when when we see you next week. Okay. So back Thank to you, you, Ariel. Okay. Well, you know, I, I could I could just so easily picture the the situations and the um, and the energies as you were uh, describing them in in different places and um, and I agree with Lavendar. Uh, you have you have really blossomed. You know, I think I think was, I mean it was years ago when you first started coming to the quest, and and every time you're stronger, you're clearer, you're more focused, and um, and and you've really uh, we're just real proud of you. <laughs> so uh, before I get too far into um, our chat here, I, I do want to um, invite people if they have. Um, a question about, you know, finding safety or finding confidence or why they might be, you know, stuck, um, you can call and talk to Archana. And just remember that if it's a, kind of a, a yes or no thing, uh, she's willing to, to help and, and tune in. But if there's something that's really, really personal, you'll probably need to talk to her privately. But um, our number, if you're already on the switchboard, you just need to press 1 so that we know you have a question for Archana. And if you're listening on the computer, then pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1, and our producers will get you ready to go um, with your question for Archana. So um, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm wondering, actually, if, if you feel... Um, a difference in energy um, between the actual resort and the cabins where the group stays, and and other places in in Arkansas around Mount Ida or Hot Springs, um, up on Fisher Mountain. Do you notice mm-hmm. differences um, yeah. in those in different locations? Oh, absolutely. Very very different. Um, like when we go up on Mount Fisher, that's probably like, I don't even have a scale for it. It's like, um, it's, you really need to stay grounded. Otherwise, I, I have had times where I'm like, I'm just gone somewhere or I'm like floating somewhere or it's very, very high energy up on Mount Fisher when we go. And it's very similar where we do the uh, the quest with the cabins and everything, they're very, very similar. But when I go to the other places, not as much. I mean, um, the hot springs area is pretty good. Um, I mean, especially when you're in that water and um, actually getting, you know, going through the bath or whatever, that has a different kind of energy. But when I'm going around in a lot of different places, it's definitely very different. But the one thing I will say is when we start when we drive from um, the airport towards the resort, there it's almost like there's a point there where the landscape just changes, or it's like a whole welcome party that's going on, and it's like whoa, it's very different from the airport I landed in. <laughs> yeah. And I feel that every time it's like there's this whole welcome going on with. It almost feels like. It's like somebody standing with their arms stretched and saying, hey, welcome back. You know, I just feel that every time, yeah, the seasons are different, the colors may be different, but there's, I'm, I'm yet to put a finger on what point exactly, but just when we're driving along, 
it's, there comes a point when it's just, it's like a switch on and off or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know I'm close now. I'm not even looking at the GPS, but I can tell, oh, I'm starting to get there. Maybe another half an hour, maybe another 40 minutes, but I can literally tell the shift in the energy, right? Um, oh, yeah. And then yeah. as we get closer and closer, it only gets better and better. And it's like the whole energy is like, I'm almost like on a happiness frenzy, if I may call it so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. And, you know, a lot of people um, have have noticed that, you know, when you, you land in Little Rock and then it's like another hour and a half to get to the resort. Right. And there's a place. And and I know what you mean. It can't really say, "Oh, this is the spot," um, because yeah. you just you just start noticing. Uh, maybe it's kind of like a slow, gradual uh, blending from mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> when you're going from from uh, you know red to purple. There's a there's a blue area that's where yeah. it's you know kind of shading towards that. But everybody has said the same thing that the the energy you can feel it it's palpable um right you know from from little rock and then you know hot springs and then once you get west of hot springs, leaving hot springs that's where it's it's really getting stronger you know on the waters you know those oh, lakes yeah. you know there's there's lake Washita, which is where we are with the resort and then um, there's you know Lake Hamilton, which is kind of I think it's south of Little Rock. I haven't got that geography in my head, but there are a lot of lakes around that area. Yeah. And I think with all the crystal energy and the crystal veins, um, you know, affecting the water, uh, I think that probably has something to do with it as well. Right, right. And to just add to that, um, water by itself has extremely powerful healing energies if only we can like plug into it. Um, like I was in San Francisco um, on Sunday and we were just sitting by the water um, having lunch. And just by being next to the water, I mean, I'm not questioning the quality of the water and all that, you know, we can put that on the side, but just by being next to that huge body of water was so um, rejuvenating. And just by being present to that, and I came back feeling like a different person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the, the water water is feminine, and yeah. and it has um, that that nurturing um, element, capacity, quality, and um, even if um, even if you said like you know if the water there's you know. Um, you know, pollution or or, or um, garbage or things in the water. It really doesn't change the nature of the water uh, for you right. know, for you to be to be by it. You know, yeah, you, might, exactly. you might not want to go in, <laughs> but being by it, <laughs> you know, being by it is it's very calming and very soothing. Just like just like being you know held in your mother's arms. Exactly. Yeah. And in fact. So, um, the one phrase I do have for the the area where we do our quest is, is I call those one of my power spots um, or my favorite, one of my favorite power spots because it's not just um, the elements, right? It's also by the sheer vibration and the way it is positioned in place. It has its own power and all the elements 
that are there get amplified just by the sheer presence of that power spot. So these are places on the earth that I refer to as power spots where just by being there is healing. Just by being there shifts our energies. Just by being there is so transformative. So it's like sometimes you don't even have to do anything. Just be there. Just show up. And then it, something just starts to change. <laughs> right. Right. And um, we, have a, we have a caller that wants to um, um, talk to you for a moment. So let me um, get your microphone open. You're going to be talking to Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for calling in. Hi, hi, Gail. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> I thought I thought that was your phone number. So yeah, yes. um, Lynn, meet Archana. Take it away. Yes, and Archana, I just wanted to say thank you. I so enjoyed your um, explanation this evening, and I am I have a friend who's had a difficult time getting a household, so I'm going to refer her to you for sure because I think it just makes sense yes of course and um, Ariel I'm the uh, of course as everyone knows the trips to Arkansas are amazing and um, that it's quite a quite an exciting time right now and I also wanted to thank Lavendar for my solar return so thank you all How's your birthday? Is it your birthday? Manana. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, happy birthday, Lynn. Yeah. Thank you. And many, my, many more. But my return starts tonight, so I'm I'm okay. excited to have it. Okay. Well, you you power up, and you know how to do that. <laughs> you really know how to do that. <laughs> Well, I appreciate awesome. you all, and it's and and have a wonderful time in Arkansas. Okay, and uh, and Archana will be happy to help your friend, I'm sure. Yes, yep. and I Thank will. You. I will. I will make that connection. You bet. Okay. All right. Great. Well, thanks for calling, Lynn. Always good to hear from you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Good night. Bye bye. So, um, yeah, if anybody else has a, a, a question for Archana, maybe, you know, where it's something that you don't know if she can help with, just ask. So um, we, will, we will wait a few more minutes to see if anyone else um, would have a, a question or need help with something. And um, let's see. Well, have we, covered, have we covered a lot? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um let me let me ask you if if someone were living um in a house with other people maybe you know family mm-hmm. or or whatever um if you if you clear the land and you cleared the house and you were working with one of those people would the other people even if they were not aware that that had happened would they start to notice an improvement as well, even if they weren't involved in that? Oh, yes, absolutely. Great question. Um, I often work with, um, you know, my client is a single point of contact most of the time, but they have the family or other members living in the house as well. Um, Sometimes I do have the couple work with me, which is kind of more fun because then they can do the projects together. But typically, most of the time, it's just one person that's um, my point of contact. And 
the way the whole piece works is um, I take permission from the land. So I don't need permission from everybody in the house just because I'm not working on them individually, right? So I take permission from the land, and then I have the permission from the person that's working with me because of which I'm doing it. And once we do that and we clear the land, we clear the home, we start removing all the attachments and baggage and all that good stuff, um, then what starts to happen is um, emotions start to settle down. Let's say... Um, things that used to trigger people, whether it's stress or anger or whatever, starts to go down. And most of the times, the, the biggest thing that people have told me is the relationship and the interaction and the communication basically really starts to open up and improve between the people in the house. And they have no idea what's been going on, right? All of a sudden, people are spending time at the table. They're all sitting together and talking in the family room or they start opening up and sharing stuff that they have not even looked at for years. This has happened over and over. And people don't know why that's happened or how that has happened, but they feel safe to do it. So people start feeling safer. They, don't, they, they cannot put a finger on it, but they start sleeping better. So these are some of the things that start to happen even when the other people are not involved. And what I've also done um, in the recent months is um, – added a few extra energies that are sent into the house. So for whoever is actually open to the healing energies, they start receiving healing energies as well. So because of that, people have had changes in their health. Like, for example, one of the clients I worked with, her mom did not know that we were doing this work, but she had had a swollen knee for over a year from a surgery. She could hardly walk, and she was in a lot of pain. But literally the night after we did the clearing, she, she woke up in the morning and she was all excited and she was like calling out to the daughter and the daughter thought, what's suddenly going on? And then she goes in and her mom showed her her knee and said, the swelling is gone. Like it's been there for a year, but now it's gone. So I've seen, I've heard these kind of, uh, I call them miracles, but uh, because of the openness of the people, uh, more people have experienced healing Um even things like fibromyalgia that people have not been able to sleep because of pain, um, they have said that, you know, it has started to, the pain has started to go down and they're able to sleep much better. And another client said she was able to sleep and wake up without an alarm, which has not happened in years. So things like these um, I'm starting to do through the house because not everybody wants to do the individual uh, work, but then through the home, you know, we can have more supportive energies for the people so they can also experience healing if they're open. Now, the key is if they're open. If they are not open, they don't want it, of course, it's not going to force um, them in any which way. That is not the way I do my work. But whoever is open, oh, yeah, absolutely. So relationships, emotions, communication, health, all these areas I've had people share with me. Um, and, of course, opportunities have shown up. People have had jobs coming up. It's like, um, I just don't know which order it goes, but it kind of seems to cover all the spectrum here. Right. Well, I mean, it only makes sense that, you know, because people don't, they don't see, or most people don't see energy. They, they're not mm-hmm. aware of, of past trauma in the land or in the actual building. Um, and when you're not aware of it, then all you know is about the symptoms. 
It's like, okay, right. so yeah, so her knee her knee stayed swollen. And obviously mm-hmm. there was something in the house that was blocking um yep. a healing mm-hmm. energy. And if there are, you know, um you know, down spiral energies as as Lavender says, there's only two kinds, up and down. And if there are yep. down spiral energies, um if you're trying to if you're trying to heal, you could be doing everything that you know that your health practitioner told you to do and and it's just not working and then you yep. know so we go you go find another doctor but you have to look elsewhere because i mean it's like um um it's something that you can't see or sense or smell or touch and it's having that much of an oppress uh, oppressive um activity nature on you then um Certainly, like if you clear the house, and then people start to feel better, you know, uh, you know, people that were having, you know, maybe emotional issues and and always you know, challenging each other, that could have been an yep. external thing, and then you clear the right. external thing, and then people can get back to their natural state. Right, right, um, absolutely. In fact, some people feel more stressed at home, and they don't know why, or. They cannot step out of the house and even run an errand, like go for a walk or um, simply exercise or whatever. They're not able to do even simple things like that. They just feel stuck inside the house, and that's because of the attachments in the property. And when I explain these things, people go, oh, oh, okay, no wonder I can't step out. Oh, no wonder I'm so much more stressed at home. I don't even want to go home. It's like people have literally said those words. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, and then... You know the people that are trying to figure it out, they don't have the tools to yeah. really discern the source. You know, so it sounds to me like you go right to the source of the problem, you clear that, and then and then there's all kinds of ripples um, yeah. of effect from that source clearing. Um, right, right. What? Um, it's probably it's probably not a good question, but it makes me think of um, electromagnetic um, mm-hmm. and and geopathic things mm-hmm. that um, that are constantly bombarding houses, even if the land is okay, and and yep. but there's too many cell towers or there's too much Wi-Fi in the house, or even mm-hmm. um, the you know the the ley lines of the planet. If you get yep. if you get like you know a, a couple of um, sometimes you get a negative and a negative sometimes you get a positive and a positive and what you really want is one of each so it's neutral but um, yep. so and I'm 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 thinking about uh, something that um, I heard someone say that that there was um, a a disturbance in the ground with the with the mm-hmm. with the resonance of the earth that was um, actually coming up through the bed mm. and um uh, you know the lady said well just you know you take a layer of uh, a cork you know like the cork that, that you'd put for on a floor for underlayment under under tile or wood or something you can get rolls of cork and she said and she said well just go put the cork under the bed um under the mm. mattress and it will you know block that but I'm thinking now, it's like, well, I wonder if you could have cleared that and balanced it rather than just, right. uh, you know, put a shield over it so that so that it's not, you know, affecting as much. But, true, I mean, very true. What do you think about, you know, I mean, 
you're, you definitely do a lot of, you know, earth clearing, the, the earth resonance, the, the ley lines. Um, I think that's called the Hartman resident, resonance. Um, but what if someone were living next to a, a cell tower? I mean, if you cleared the house, the cell tower is going to keep beaming and all the, you know, it's going to keep coming back in. Right. In fact, um, there are two parts to this particular thing you're talking about right now, Ariel. So one is um, when you talk about EMS and um, geopathic stress and all that, what I have found, especially with uh, geopathic stress and stuff that's um, more Earth-related, it is possible to rebalance and reharmonize these energies. And I've checked in many times with the land and we've worked through that. And that really responds to these energies beautifully. Now, with EMS and things like that, what I do in addition to um, the clearing for homes and things like that, I also help people with some practical uh, things or tips on how they can uh, reduce the effect of that in their home and how do they build up their own energy fields because at the end of the day I mean wherever we go it's there so we can't really run away from them right so I'm all about how do you build your own energies how do you strengthen your own um, aura or energy field or whatever we want to call it so that way um, it at least will help you stay stronger and you cannot totally like avoid everything that's being thrown at you Right. So that's how I look at it. And I, I sometimes use combination of crystals and other tools, uh, like a thing, uh, you know, crystals such as uh, tourmaline and shungite are <clears throat> extremely protective, extremely grounding, and they shield pretty well from EMF. And hopefully you get it from the right source. So it has that high energy and high frequency. So there are many ways that. Uh, people can um, shield themselves. And I've had people that have literally like they live next to like, like you said, cell towers or power transformers or huge uh, man-made things that, you know, really like messes up your energy. basically. So um, both ways of not just um, cleaning up the land, but also like these bringing in these crystals, um, building up their shields. I have special meditations that I've created uh, to help people really ground with the earth, connect to the divine and bring in all those energies and then create the sacred space around them because that's the sacred space that can keep them stronger, longer. Um, I'm not saying uh, if you don't do it, it's not going to work. It's more like the longer you do it or the more frequently and consistently you do it, the, the stronger your energy is and it just builds your ability to keep some of those things at bay because we just can't avoid them. I mean, where can we go? <laughs> you know? Right. Right. There's no place to hide. <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah, building, and so many times you know, people just move into a place and they're like, oh, I just moved in and I just realized all these things are around me and I can't move out right now. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, on, on that, there is a, there's a website that, that I've, I've used a couple of times. It's called Antenna search.com or something and and you put in your your street address and it will show you a map of all the cell towers in your area plus proposed um, new ones and if, certainly if you were going to buy a house or move that would be right. the first thing that I check because it mm -hmm. would be so disappointing to <laughs> to get all excited about you know getting a new house and moving in and then you realized 
that you were in the middle of a of an of an EMF garbage dump. Right. Um, yeah. So go to Antenna Search, and and um, they'll you'll get the the information if you are planning on moving. So that's that would be like primary, and then of course call Archana <laughs> to <laughs> to see how the land is doing. But <clears throat> I wanted to go back to that point you were making. Um, well, I mean, tourmaline and, and shungite um, and you know, maybe some forms of crystal, but when it comes to clear crystal, that would not be appropriate because that yeah. would amplify, that would amplify mm-hmm. the radiation. So um, I just wanted to, people not to misunderstand that, um, right. you know, clear, clear crystals um, are amplifiers. And if you put yep. them around something bad, it's going to amplify the bad. So, uh, but tourmaline, shungite, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of other stones that I'm not very you know, educated with, but that can provide the, the grounding and help you to um, strengthen your own energy field so that you have more resilience right. against the, you know, that constant assault of, of EMF. Yeah, and especially it impacts the kids a lot more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, children under 16 are 400% more vulnerable and um, and therefore more likely to develop cancer at an early age. Um, and, I mean, I could go on for hours, so I'm not going to go there about, <laughs> I mean, how that disturbs me because, right. I mean, there's just, there's kids with cell phones everywhere and their mothers are letting them play with them, you know, just mm-hmm. to keep them Maybe. amused and and yeah. and and that's I I have a real struggle um watching that and not going over and interfering. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> don't you realize, you know, um that you're being lied to, you know, the wireless industry. I just heard the other day that they're making 6 trillion dollars a year. And and like gosh, 10 years ago they were only in the billions, and now they're making six yeah. trillion dollars a year. So, how do you think they're? Do you think that they're anytime soon going to tell you that cell phones are dangerous? No, they won't. Oh no, you know, and yeah. So, <clears throat> so it's it's you know, buyer beware. Right, exactly. I actually yeah. published a little article the other day about is EMF the new toxin? You know, <laughs> of course it is. Oh, so well, yeah. And when it when it comes right down to it, and I, I've said this kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, but half, half serious and half joking, um, if you had a little child, you know, even under ten years old, and you you could give them a cigarette, a beer, or a cell phone, which would be worse for them? The cell phone, <laughs> way worse, way worse. Yeah. But like I said, if you can't see it, you can't feel it, you can't taste it or hear it. Then you know people are oblivious in a lot of in a lot of ways to that. So right. um, let's see. Back to the house, houses and land. Um, if someone were going to build a house, yeah, on 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 you know on on land that had never been um, lived on, that land would still need to be cleared. Yeah. Or at least you know checked into to see if it needed clearing, right? Yeah, most of the time it will because 
I've hardly, I'm, I'm yet to bump into a land, at least those that I worked on, that have been consciously healed and cleared in the past. I'm yet to. So I'm not saying it's not done, but I have not yet bumped into anything that's been consciously yeah, well, healed and cleared and honored, basically, you know. Right, right. That's like, uh, unless someone was going to move to Antarctica, that <laughs> land might be clear. <laughs> but, um, yeah, any place where there has been human habitation um, for yeah. for millennia, it's it's going mm-hmm. to have it's going to have a collection of all kinds of stuff. Right, right. And just to add to that, well, the advantage when you uh, do something like this before you even build is then we can harmonize the placement of the different um, rooms and everything according to the elements on the land, right? So we have an advantage if we can do something like this ahead of time. I have um, more background knowledge on how to place the different rooms and different areas in the house and align it with the elements that are on the land. So that way you put let's say the kitchen where the fire element is and you put the bathrooms where the water element is and you don't reverse them because that also is going to throw the energy off. Wow. Wow. I hadn't thought about it like that, but yes, I mean, even, I mean, when you figure, you know, the footprint of a house isn't all that big, but there will still be um, uh, an orientation of the house. Where Where is it facing South? Is it facing North? Um, you know, mm-hmm. and where do you put the bathroom and the kitchen and the um, you know, different rooms? Then you would be in total harmony with yeah. the land, yeah. the nature of the area, and um, and happily ever after. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and yeah. and I'm not a big fan of you know redoing stuff that's already built. So when I work with existing homes. I don't ask people to move things around. I know how expensive it is. So we work with what we have at that time. But if you can catch it before you build it, I mean, you have an edge that almost nobody else, nobody else has. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But you can still harmonize, you know, if, oh, they've, yeah. got the, if they've got the, 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 uh, the kitchen where the bathroom ought to be, you can still <laughs> um, make it work, even if it's yeah. not ideal. Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of times we get it to at least 80 to, I mean, 70 to 80% harmony is better than the negative it was before. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, get it on the plus side. Yep. So, gosh, I'm so looking forward to seeing you next week. And uh, <laughs> these next few days are going to fly by. We have so much to do, um, especially the week leading up to the quest. But it'll be right. so good once we're there, all the work will be done, and then we just let it unfold. So <laughs> I'll be looking forward to seeing you. And um, I also want to give your can't website one more time. Pardon me? I said I can't wait either. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, your website is Archana Shyam, and Archana is spelled A R C H A N A A. And Shyam is S H Y A M dot com, and you've got your contact information on there, um, a lot of resources, and um, I, I went and uh, for another time I went and and looked at your site, um, and you've, you've really added a lot of things to it, and I, it looks really good. So good, j- you, good job, girl. <laughs> 
Thank you. And it's actually being worked on as well. So in the next few months, there will be a lot more that will be added to um, both from the education and the offering perspective. So working on it. Well, you just keep doing what you're doing because you just you just keep ascending. Every time, every time we see you, you're you're a little stronger. You're more accomplished. You've got more under your belt, and you've got more ideas. And it just, we love that. We just love that. Thank you too. <laughs> okay. Well, um, until next week, uh, we will see you. And then for everyone else, it'll be um, November. <clears throat> I think it's 26th. I think I said 25th earlier when I was telling Anastasia, but. Um, I just I looked at the calendar. I was like, "Was that right?" No, it is the 26th, two days before the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. We will be back, and um, we're going to wrap it up now. And I want to just thank you again for sharing your time, your knowledge, your expertise, and you keep keep up the good work. Sure. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Ariel, for having me, and I look forward to seeing all of you next week as well. Okay, well, you travel safe, and um, everyone else, we will see you uh, three weeks from tonight. And until then, remember, consciously, deliberately, every day, give compassion and show gratitude. Until we meet again, good night, everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.